Welcome to The Edit, Esquire's weekly look at everything that goes on uh, that you need to be aware of. Again, I think uh, we've been away for a couple of weeks and I haven't uh, come up with a tagline for this. Note to, let me write that down, note to self, come up with official tagline. Uh, or maybe I can get advice and input here from my two lovely and loyal colleagues, uh, Mr. Nasri Atala and Hello. Mr. William Malali. How you doing, dudes? Doing very well. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, got a, give, give me a tagline off the top of your head. <laughs> There's no tagline. A, I don't like, uh, no, unbranded. Unbranded. The, unbranded. The, the edit, forever unbranded. All the go. news unfit to print. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome. Uh, how how you guys been? Uh, we were away last week uh, for multitude of purposes, but mainly because it's been a it's been a heavy uh, in in the publishing world. It's a heavy month. No, uh, end of October, beginning of November. Yeah, um, we just about survived. Yeah. yeah, it feels like for the biggest brands in the world, for the biggest celebrities in the world, there's two months that exist in this country. <laughs> Yeah. It's October and November. If you get through those, then you're okay. But. Yeah, see, no one warned me about this before I moved here. Everyone was like, <laughs> I don't keep saying, don't worry, next month will be much chiller. I'm like, I don't I think I don't believe you anymore. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, after December, it's all fine. No, but I mean, yeah, obviously, World Cup coming up. Everyone's getting excited. Everyone has a lot to say. So yeah, no, it's cool. You've cracked the code. Basically, we thought we could spin we could spin you out with like yeah, yeah, no, next uh, one month, month for yeah. about six months. Yeah, <laughs> two years um, later, I'm like, well, what's happening next? <laughs> the um, speaking of the World Cup, you've got a you've managed to bag yourself a tasty uh, uh, little bit uh, early on, don't you? Yes, about what me going about going over. <laughs> yeah, I am going on. Um, I'm going to the opening game between Qatar and Ecuador. Nice. Then. Uh, what's the next one? Netherlands, Senegal. Cool. Which okay. sounds really interesting. And Argentina, Saudi, which will be fascinating. Awesome. Or Leo Messi, Saudi. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of football for a non-football fan. Uh, but I do, I mean, it's obviously, it's the World Cup, so it's super exciting. I'm curious to see, like, I'm curious to see what Qatar is going to look like with, like, millions of people there. And it's going to be, you know, I'm intrigued. I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I mean that that's, you know, that that will be a wonderful to see that kind of ground level view, street level view of your experience there in the opening weeks and and first couple of days there to be see, to see the difference from say the 19th and then the yeah. start on the 20th to the 21st. I know that only sounds like 2 days, but there's sure, a lot yeah. of changes that can happen in there and a lot of kind of course correction. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm just like going super like I don't know, I feel like a kid who's being taken around to like see something magical like i just don't know what to expect that's being a journalist that's being a journalist <laughs> yeah by the way i was telling someone yesterday like, this is a crazy job i was at a thing yesterday with hermes uh, they have their petit uh, uh division which makes one-off and unique goods from the leftover pieces from other divisions so like a leftover yeah. piece of leather a leftover button etc and they turn them into new pieces and that's cool yeah it was very cool and there was a workshop so they were teaching us how to make something. We made like a little camel and we put little ears on it and little, like I put like, uh, I guess ankle bracelets. <laughs> I guess I, don't, I went a bit, yeah, boho with my camel. And then I was, and I was turned to this uh, other editor in chief next to me and I told her, this is a weird job we have that we get like invited into like the FMS boutique to like make a camel in the yeah. middle of the day. <laughs> and I was like, this is, I don't think a lot of people have a job like this, which is kind of cool. Well, you know, it is, uh, it is Christmas coming up in a, in a month and Will has always wanted uh, an anklet. That's true. <laughs> First camel. Yeah. I, I write it in my diary every morning. <laughs> I'm manifesting it. It's happening finally. Thank you. How's, how's things been with you, Will? What's, uh, what's been on your schedule? Well, right now, the question is, are all the celebrities going to be coming to Dubai this weekend for PopCon? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it's, I mean, so Chris Hemsworth is coming, which Big is man. just... Thor himself. Yeah, and he's not someone who goes to, you know, events. He doesn't go to, like, Comic-Cons. He's Chris Hemsworth. Really? It's just, so it's just the magnitude of, of him coming to Dubai, I think, has reverberations right now as everyone's figuring out, oh, can we do that? Is he someone, can we see him? He, I, he's going to be here for, like, a brief, brief window of time. He's going to fly in show up, fly back out. But there's also, you know, all these different, you know, Kit Harrington, Millie Alcock. So we have, you know, Game of Thrones plus House of the Dragon. And apparently me on stage with the two of them talking about comparing those experiences and what have you. Sensational. But I haven't Ooh. even like posted this anywhere because I'm just like, is this really going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> 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 We're going to find out. Um, but I mean, it's the same with the World Cup, you know. 
there's always this chaos right before an event happens and then you show up and it's like, oh, it's actually okay. Or you show up and everything's on fire. You don't really know, <laughs> no. but it always feels the same the couple of days before. It's like the eye of the storm and then you're in it and then it finishes and you're going, oh, we're all right. Oh, we're here. Yeah. Still standing yeah, here. What are, gonna, what are we worried about? Um, I assume Chris Hemsworth's in town, you know, Buying some property on Bayut, doing his doing his stuff. Do you, you, you saw that, right? He oh, he ads for. He was like the brand ambassador for Bayut.com. Really? Even um, for Expo. Even for, I for saw Expo. him for Expo. Yeah, yeah. He, he danced with the robot. Yeah, he loves <laughs> coming very briefly and then going back out. Um, You're I interviewing mean, him, right? Yeah, yeah. I should have the only interview with him, which I'm not shouting about as well because I mean, everyone's very mad at me for that being the case. But again, I will believe it when I see it. <laughs> what do you what ask Chris see? Hemsworth? Uh, what do you ask Chris Hemsworth? Um, I think he, uh, diet tips. Mm. Oh, he posts those nonstop. Oh, really? He has a whole company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, reckon you true. go hard in with like neighbors or home and away. But now I'm showing oh, my wow. thing where I don't know, can't remember which, which one, one he was, he was in. on. <laughs> I think it's home and away because I used to watch neighbors and I've never seen him. Okay. Well, there you go. I don't know. I've met like his whole family. Like I had lunch with his older brother. But like, like at the house. Oh, no, that was in Oh, Dubai. in different times. Yeah, totally, totally different times. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't go and hang out. Like, at different times, I've hung out with them. And they are, like, a very interesting family. They are, like, very... I think they just love hanging out with each other. Hmm. Talking to the younger one, like, he had nothing to say about his movies. Liam, who's now going to be replacing Henry Cavill in The Witcher moving forward. Really? Sensational. Crazy, right? Wow. Okay. They just announced that. Um, I remember he had nothing to say about the movie. And then I was just like, so how do your friends treat you when you go back home? And then he was... He was there, you he's know. On it. So he's this guy who's like from this, you know, just, small town in Australia. Just Aussie boy. So I was going to say from super Western Aussie. Yeah. yeah, that's mm. what interests him. Mm. And I think even for for Luke, the one who's you know on on Westworld, may that show now rest in peace because that just got canceled yesterday. <laughs> um, These guys are so newsworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, um, I, I remember he was saying that like basically he was also yeah he was one of these you know Australian soap opera guys yep. who had retired. And was running a flooring company with a wife and kids. Yeah. And then all of a sudden his brother became Thor. And he's like, maybe I should give that a try again. So he just moved the whole family over to, to L.A. and gave it a shot. And it's again, it's worked out. They're all they're the Hemsworths now. Yeah. But he's still that guy who was running a flooring company. You know, Aussies are so chill. Yeah, right? So chill, Aussies. Like, yeah. you know, they're like, I don't know, let me give this thing a shot. And just especially move like halfway across the world. And like, especially yeah. like West Coast Aussies, right? Yeah. Because it's just, it's the most remote city in the world, right? Yeah. Perth? Mm-hmm. I believe they're from Perth. I could be going completely under, but I'm pretty sure they're from West Coast. I should know that before I go. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. Re- but, uh, third this time. is research for your interview. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, uh, but I, uh, maybe that's why they like to dip into the chaos of you know uh, Hollywood, uh, Dubai, uh, you know, and then and then then go back, then back to out. Yeah. Sur- surf town. He's also way better at this. I mean, there's a reason that he's script sounds worth, and I'm me because like, <laughs> I'm the last time I interviewed him, it was the second time I'd met him. Sure. First time I met him, I was on set of one of his movies with 20 other people. Sure. And he's just like, oh, I remember you. You were standing behind that door. I'm like, why would you remember that? That's <laughs> wow, excellent. And what door were you standing behind? <laughs> oh, was, unless it was, was the show like a dating thing and it was like oh, yeah. Bachelor door 2 one. behind door number one. And also, did they know you were there behind the door? Like, yeah, were you just Chris. lurking? <laughs> like, just very creepily, just staring out behind. So, we're actually starring in Love is Blind, Australia. It's going to be great. So the number of film sets you've been on and, and work you do predominantly is your role as a film journalist. Uh, have you ever been in a film? Have I ever been in a film? Hmm. No. Okay, I've done like short films, et cetera, like sure. done acting for sure, people. Sure, like sure. I've done voiceover for people. Sure. Um, but in, in terms of a big project, no, I've always just kind of stayed out in sure. the back. Uh, you need to be like, with the amount of stuff you do with like, with the networks and Marvel and stuff, you've got to be like, you know, at least sitting in like, like the audience at like Jurassic World, you know, when they're watching. No, you do that you know, thing, you know, when you play yourself. You know what in happened? A film? Yeah. It's like when like, you know, Jimmy Fallon's in a film being Jimmy Fallon. Just stand you up and be like, yeah. what a scoop. Sony tried to... Esquire. Blow the story wide open. But Sony tried to cast me and I think like Hotel Transylvania, the Arabic version. Unbelievable. But I don't speak Arabic. <laughs> but they like they were, but this was apparently like they'd had high level meetings about it. Like it was gonna be I was gonna be in the movie, I was gonna be voicing one of the main characters, and they were just like, but he what? doesn't speak Arabic, so yeah. it was done. How yeah. did they get to that <laughs> level meeting? They, I've never told anyone this. <laughs> this has to be a feature. Only, only this is a feature. On the I, I was almost the voice on Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> is, is a story. Actually, I'm going to throw the same question over you because uh, so now you you have a background in in production and yeah. uh, TV shows and film production as well. Ever ever been in a film? Ever cast yourself or someone else cast you? I've been in some terrible short films, uh, which I hope have you know the hard drives have been lost somewhere, <laughs> so no one ever sees those. I don't think so. No, actually, it's a 
it's funny. I should know. I should know this pretty like clearly, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've been. I've I've passed in a scene in the background or something. We'll check your IMDb. But yeah, I'm sure it's there. <laughs> they know better than you. Self. Do. I'm yeah, gonna my, dig up uh, both of these things and we'll <laughs> clip them into the show. Um, well, well, uh, well, guys. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, before we get carried away. Let's transition into the first segment. It's called news, views, and shoes. So what has been uh, crossing everyone's inbox this week? Um, well, I'll tell you what, why don't I kick off? I don't normally kick off, but I have literally about, I don't know, 20 minutes ago, just got back from a uh, pri- private kind of preview screening of this pop-up that's in Dubai today and over the weekend. It's called Prada Mode. Um, and essentially, it's at the ICD Brookfield building in DIFC in downtown oh, in Dubai. And... Um, it's essentially an art installation, but it's a Damien Hurst art installation where they've turned this area into a whole kind of ground floor area of, of Brookfields into a pharmacy. So, uh, and it's got like all the intricate details is, is kind of mind numbing. Like um, you go in there and you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. Then you realize that all the shelves uh, have those kind of glass cabinets and they're all packed with empty packets of, you know, various mm. prescription drugs and things. Um, there's a massive, like, six, seven-foot scalpel. There's lots of, like, decal of, like, uh, you know, you know, Damien Hurst, very famous for, like, the dots and the mm. spots and things, but, like, decal like, um, uh, tablets and pills, and uh, they've made bar stools where you sit on, like, a like a massive foot circumference pill. Uh, the bar in there underneath it is all made from like I want to say medical refuse but that sounds mm-hmm. a bit gross but it's like discarded like gloves and like uh, old PCR tests and things like that it's things you think of when you think of Prada basically <laughs> right right well the crazy thing about it is it's I suppose that what they were the, the idea of it is um, I think the the idea is that Damien Hurst became a little bit obsessed with death and what we do to help Mm. delay death and 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 uh and the idea i think it was a thing that he was going through with his grandmother where he was seeing like what as humans we do to keep alive and the the amount of medicine that we take and how we develop science and these all these things that we constantly develop to make sure we can spend as much time alive and on the planet and with our loved ones as possible and so there's almost like this beauty into into the the mass production of this in whole industry Mm. that's built on keeping us alive there's this one bit where they've got this little private room and the wallpaper is uh, flowers. But actually, if you look a little bit closer, it's like it's like this repetitive uh, pattern of flowers, but there's actually cigarette stubs right. like in it as well. So it's shown this kind of like beauty of life and the, the decay of mm. death and how they're intertwined. And it actually is a it's a real nice play on it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's spectacular to see. And I think people can go see it from... I mean, you guys, you know, being privileged people as you are, we can probably go see it today, tomorrow. But um, but it's open generally for the public this weekend on Friday and Saturday. Um, but yeah, if if you're in the down to, uh, the the DIFC area, it's totally worth a totally worth popping in. Yeah, interesting. Um, I mean, Damien, Hur- it's funny. Um, we we're just talking about Damien Hurst yesterday with our editorial inter- intern Tamir, who was telling me there's this art collective called Mischief mm-hmm. in the U.S. in Brooklyn. And they've done stuff where they've done kind of like fake sneaker drops and that kind of thing. They're real sneakers. They're they real just, sneakers. They end up actually, just getting sued. And yeah, they get sued because shelves. they're like unofficial sneaker drops. Amazing. But also what they've done is like they take Damien Hirst's like actual po- like polka dot sure. um, paintings and cut them up and set, sell the individual dots, which yeah. I found brilliant. And obviously they're called mischief. Sure. But uh, but no, I mean, I'm, I am going to this thing, the, the Prada mode thing. And I'm, yeah, Damien Hirst has been like around and like kind of the... Like, what's the expression, enfant terrible, like, of uh, the art world for 20, sure. 30 years. And I'm, it feels like he's mellowing out a bit, like, you know, thinking about death. And I mean, I guess he has always, like, put kind of sharks and formaldehyde and whatever. Like, sure, he's sure, always sure. been a bit obsessed with grim stuff. But uh, but the thing is, like, with this stuff, is like, quite poppy and fun as well until you look at the details. Sure. It's quite colorful and and just, like, doesn't seem that offensive until you get close and you're like, Oh, this is all about people dying. And right. <laughs> Though it's funny. I, I, I interviewed him once several years ago. Mm. Um, and, you know, you, you expect these kind of, you know, world famous kind of disruptive artists to be all a bit cra- you know, crazy and zany. And he was actually just a real, it just, he came across as just a real average dude. And that's literally <laughs> the worst thing you ever want to hear a journalist say when you like, I interviewed someone, yeah. what were they like? You're just like a normal dude. Normal guy. Um, but I think I think there is that mellowing out. But one of the things I thought about at this exhibition today was 
that you have uh, said the you know the walls are basically just medicine cabinets of a uh, of you know uh, in a pharmacy, and I just wonder if you're putting that up obviously as a exhibition like do you go into a pharmacist and you're like hey um, so I'm just going to need all of the drugs <laughs> yeah uh, and I don't have a prescription but don't worry it's just for show I'm an artist yeah I'm an artist. <laughs> And then, do you reckon they're just like, yeah, no, no, no. You and your you and your fiend friends can uh, can go elsewhere. How do you even uh, how do you even get that kind of coverage? I think he has. I think I did. Do, I mean, I don't know why I used to do this. Like, go into like company's house in the UK. You can look at like company's uh, accounts. It's all open. And I went on his like he runs his studio as like a limited company, basically. Sure. I think he has like hundred employees. Like he, sure. he has yeah, like yeah, massive team, hmm. massive budget. Hmm. And I was like, oh, this is like a. This is, I mean, at some point, I guess of course he's still an artist, but he's more like the creative director of Damien Hurst Limited sure. than an artist. Sure, sure, sure. And so yeah, I guess he has resources to like you know, twenty people. Please go, all of you, make boxes of whatever. Yeah, you know, exactly. That, that <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Prada name doesn't close any doors. Either, yeah, I'm sure. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like we want to picture every single artist as like Van Gogh in like an attic in the Netherlands somewhere. Sure. Like this is just what this is what we want to see. This is what you want you to be. Mm. Like where does um, Banksy live? He's got to live in like some dank dungeon so by he himself. Right? Sure, he lives in Hampstead <laughs> Heath, like in a nice, uh, beautiful uh, exactly, but three floor house. We just can't picture it. It ruins the <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. How do we know that Nasri is not Banksy though? Mm. Just saying. yeah. He's I over mean, here from the UK. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. hiding. I'm laying low. <laughs> We're watching it. <laughs> Rumor starts here. Uh, what about you guys? What uh, what's uh, interesting that's popped through your inboxes this week? Twitter. Twitter is a whole I've thing right it. now. I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, you, you might not hear of it for long. It seems like Twitter is just burning to the ground right now. Being it's like crazy, immolated by its new owner, um, Elon Musk. You might have heard of him. I've heard of him, yeah. Yeah, he's that guy who, you know, had nasty things to say to a diver who saved children because he didn't get to use his. He's the PayPal guy. Um, he's a lot of things. Um, he's yeah, like basically, he tries to exist as a human meme. He decided that the best way to do that is to own the meme factory of Twitter, and now <laughs> has to deal with that and has no idea what to do. <laughs> the, the the drama this week has been his whole thing is that. You know, cancel culture and censorship were limiting humor and limiting, you know, expression, what have you. So he's going to buy Twitter and he's going to let people kind of do whatever they want. His first tweet was like, comedy is now legal again. Literally, literally. All right. Um, This has been, this is like his thing. It's that and it's the whole checkmark thing, which is its own situation. It's a big move just to like save comedy. I'm paying $44 (laughs) billion for some lols. Yeah, and he has these like small business ideas that he's like, you know what, if I bet if I did that, I could save Twitter. And he's just the guy who has $44 billion and can do that. So he's doing this thing where he's attacking everyone that has a blue check mark, treating them like they are this, you know, gilded upper class. And they're now all going to have to pay $8 only because Stephen King complained when it was $20. And so sure. he's like, okay, let's make it 8 Great business thinking, you know? No, but then and, someone said, did you see this thing where someone said, but the whole point of verification is so people know. So if, I don't know, if my sister is not on Twitter and I create a Twitter account and pay $8 a month in her name mm. and it's verified, am I now her? Like, you know, like... No, 100%. The, so then yeah. they said, oh, we'll add something under it that says official. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's that's, two verification sort of layers. Like, so yeah, isn't that what the tick was for so in the, the first tick, place? So the yeah. tick is accoutrement. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. But I think he's attacking these people because he's just trying to make buying basically he's turning the check mark into twitter premium the same way you mm. have to pay for linkedin premium it's just it's going to become an unusable service i'm speculating but you know full of ads and just basically they want to make it as limited as possible so that you buy this check mark and then you are paying a monthly fee sure. and the reason that he's attacking all the uh, you know verified people and all the celebrities and all the journalists is literally just to make it seem like you're doing something bold and brash and like storming the the castle in you know late 18th century paris in order like you are taking over versailles if you give me eight dollars is basically what elon musk is trying to do and well, nobody you, seems to realize that that's the actual dynamic of place so i'm not a big twitter guy but you guys are more regular on twitter than yeah. i am um how does that as a user how do you does it affect you as a user on a day-to-day do you care who owns companies do like where where's Tell me, is there a battle between kind of ethics and ethos individually and usability? Well, the, the other funny thing is like going back to the comedy thing, the way people have dealt with that mm. is 
Elon is obviously now the main character of Twitter, mm. many, many days running. But it what replaces people, Trump from season one. Yeah, right? exactly. Yes. So people are like, oh, you like comedy now? So everyone that has a blue check mark, not everyone, but many people who have blue check mark have been changing their name to Elon Musk and then tweeting parody tweets of what Elon might be saying. Obviously, you can still see their name next to it, but nobody looks at that. You mm-hmm. know, it just says Elon Musk check mark. And he has responded by banning all of them from Twitter and saying that you're not allowed yeah. to impersonate anyone else. Yeah, yeah. seriously. And so, it's like so big, comedy big was legal for about six minutes yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> I tell yeah. you what, look, this seems a key point to be bringing back. Uh, it was, um, it was a, a long-standing Esquire podcast when we used to do video podcast staple. Um, we did it every week, and it was called the Elon Musk Evilometer, <laughs> um, where we used to the the axis was evil and good. And we had a little cut out of his face. We would slide it up week on week because the man makes weekly news. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish it was weekly. It's like hourly. At this I'm going to say the the buying Twitter, good move, evil move, stupid. Is there a stupid? Yeah, that's the thing. Is there a stupid but bit? Is it, done, the... is it done for good? Because the the bit where he's now banning people and people are, are, are like resigning and he's firing them, that's evil. Yeah, the, yeah. So, okay. But actually, the buying of it, where is that? Is that a? I mean, we're retrospectively kind of middle, retroactively looking at it. The, the buying middle, depends on what you do. Sure. The firing fifty percent of the workforce, kind of randomly, so randomly that they actually ask some of them to come back two days later. They're like, we, "We're sorry, we didn't. We actually didn't look uh, at your job role, and we actually we need you. Can you come back?" Yeah. Like that's evil. And because it's like just playing too. around people's lives like yeah. that is not. It sounds like, like dartboard hiring and firing. Yeah, yeah. That's why I say like I was at a dinner the other day and someone was saying like, no, 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 Elon knows what he's doing with this, and I'm, and it's it's like that piece we ran last month about like luck in business, mm-hmm. and there was in our uh, Esquire weekend last week, which is basically like most people will ascribe uh, to genius and hard work what can be ascribed to luck. Sure. And so when someone succeeds as much as Elon Musk has, obviously he's the richest man on earth. I don't know if he still is today, but like he was a couple of weeks ago. Um, so you think, okay, this guy might be smart. He knows a lot that I'm, I'm not the richest guy on earth by any stretch. Sure, so sure, sure. I guess he knows more than I do. So when they make s- stupid decisions, you're like, I'm sure there's some like genius, mm-hmm. the you know, shadowy work at play here. And I'm, I think he's yeah. just doesn't what know what he's doing. What can we see? What does he know that we don't know? <laughs> Especially because he's literally pushing himself as the real Iron Man. Sure. Since you know Iron Man, the movie came out, yeah. even appearing in the second movie, no, being like, "Look at me, I'm the real life Iron Man." You know, so he he's cu- like I purposefully created that. a cult of per- like, seriously, yeah. right? There's so much that's going on with this guy. He's created a cult of personality, and he basically, I think, he thinks Twitter is the ultimate culmination of that for him. But yeah, like he fired the entire accessibility team, so now there's no wow. support for anyone with disabilities. Wow. So. <laughs> Well, that's evil. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. That's an easy one. <laughs> All the advertisers have fled because he's refused to, you know, take put any markers on, you know, hate speech, etc. So mm. there's a lot of people just been like, "What are you going to do about this?" And he's just like, "Nothing." And so they're like, "Oh," and he's just like, "Well, you're canceling me." And it's like, "No, it's just we're av- we have to protect our brands." You know, if you're not going to be getting rid of, you know, anti-Semitic speech on this platform, how, why are we here? Why are we sure. giving you money? And sure. he's just. You yeah, know, the thing is, like, whining about something else. I just don't know what, because now the whole, com- like, Twitter basically every day is just people discussing, are you staying on Twitter? Are you leaving Twitter? And yeah, oh. So it's just become, like, kind of, I mean, not that it's ever been, like, a super enjoyable. Twitter's, like, 99% like cesspool and 1% like f- 10 fun friends you like exactly. actually following. And Elon wants <laughs> to make it 90% comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay, so I'll, put, I'll put you like, on the spot here. Staying or leaving? Staying, honestly. Yeah. See how, see how it pans out. out. Yeah. I'm not on there that much anyway. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm bored with Twitter, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, especially if Twitter is about Twitter, hmm. we are just getting too far into the the yeah. meta of Team <laughs> Meta, which is sad because Meta is also you know, <laughs> another across the way. another just mess and yeah. literally on fire. Oh. Um, but I, I think I don't know. It's yeah, it is boring. The tone of it is boring. I'm sure if if it eventually it comes back and it becomes fun again. The only fun thing happening right now is people changing the name to Elon Musk and then saying terrible things about his divorce and then getting banned five minutes later. I'll just, you know, this is a very dated reference, but I just remember my favorite moment of Twitter was there was an account and it was called like 01101111011111. It was just a binary account. Um, and the the uh, the picture was uh, of Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator. And he would just at people whose name was Sarah and he would just <laughs> ask them if they were Sarah Connor. <laughs> It's kind of really and it would just be like, are you Sarah Connor? Are you Sarah Connor? <laughs> the early yeah, days and that, was a, that was the entire existence of the account. I'm pretty sure it was a bot account. But like, uh, you know what? There, halas. I get the comedy bit. All good. 
Those yeah. are the most fun. Like those like bots that just, I have a bot that does, um, it's like fake Louis Theroux. Amazing. So it just comes up with like random, you know, like I'm Louis Theroux and I'm in Panama today to meet a woman who thinks she's a Starbucks cup. You know, like, <laughs> and, and it's, it's, that's my favorite Twitter account. You just account. believe it. You just about <laughs> believe it. And they all end up actually happening. So big question, does he let, uh, does, does our boy Elon, our boy, whatever boy, <laughs> does Elon let Trump back in? Probably. He should have done that on day one if he was going to do it. Yeah, I think so. You know, if you were trying to get his audience behind you, mm. at this point, I don't think he has an audience. Like, his, the only people that he has are the people that seem to respond to everything he says. Like, great move, sir, who I think are just hoping <laughs> that he gives them money. I don't know what that... Like, it's like, well, maybe if I'm nice enough to the richest man in the world, he'll just give me a billion dollars. Like, what's the other motivation there? We need to build a bot that just says great move to every tweet. <laughs> great move just reply to everything he says. <laughs> oh, I'm into it. <laughs> Excellent. I do have to say, though, my favorite tweet of all time, I think, is a, an account that, like, 2009, it only had one tweet. The Their handle is wish you would, and then their name was step back from that ledge, and the tweet was just my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only good tweet. We can shut things down there. That's a niche third eye Very blind niche. reference there. Yeah. I'm a, a thousand percent into that. God bless 2000 or 2001, I think oh, it was. Better times. Unbelievable. Uh, Naz, what's, uh, what about you, my man? I don't know. Um, 2000 emails. <laughs> should, have, should have thought about this before we came in here. I was trying to think, like, what's the, what's the news? Um, honestly, I was also thinking, I've been thinking about the Twitter method. Yeah, fair. I've also been thinking about like how like unfunny everything has gotten because there's all the commentary about the Twitter meltdown. Mm. I was just watching this morning um, on the Daily Show, Trevor Noah talking about it. And I was like, but this isn't funny either. What's happening? Why is everything just like a bit flat? I don't know. There's like a, f I don't know if I'm like in a haze, but I just feel like there's this, like these things are supposed to be like super hot takes about the hot take about the hot take. Like it's all getting a bit, I feel like we're ready for the next iteration of the simulation we're in i don't know I, feel I, like it's, it's I think you have to feel like you're actually pushing against something like the reason that the only funny thing happening in the world right now is making fun of elon musk is because elon musk is like getting mad about it somewhere you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it has an effect you're directly just making this guy's day worse and that gives you an audience that gives you like a push and pull whereas everything else is just people shouting into the oblivion and just nothing happens I'm, uh, the most exciting thing that's happened in my life, uh, so news for me is I just got a TV for the first time in oh, three I'm months. Dating, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm this with is, you. Uh, you know, uh, we've done a Nasri moves to Dubai. Like, you know, so Look, so this is uh, three months in, finally got a TV. TV? 65 inches. 65 inches. Strong. So I'm very happy about that. Could finally watch things the way they're meant to be watched. Has the cat arrived? The cat has arrived. And go. more importantly, my wife has arrived as well. Sure. So that's yeah. great. Uh, the TV has arrived. Life is good. Life is good. Life yes. is good, gents. <laughs> This cool. is good. Well, uh, well, then we'll move swiftly on to uh, the meaty section coming up in a minute. Got to think of a better name than the meaty the section. Meaty section. <laughs> I'm not a... <laughs> it's I, full of meat. Yeah, just, you know. It's, it's Three like, men and their meat. It's, it's real, like, you know, it's just real thought-provoking We should get, like, a deli sponsor. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> brought to you by the deli counter. At I'm not going to lie, and I'm going <laughs> to give this one away for free here today. Uh, but if anyone takes this idea, I know this this is date marked. I can come for you. But I really want to start a podcast called The Butcher, The Baker, and The Candlestick Maker. <laughs> And just have three people, or we can all of us can retrain. There you go. And uh, but dibs on maybe C like candlestick. baking. Yeah, you, no, you, you can candlestick. So that great. That gets you <laughs> I have the made. I have uh, made candles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. I got a scented candle making kit for my birthday once. It's good. Maybe I can just yeah. take on Abdullah the butcher's gimmick. <laughs> I'm 100%. Or the Butcher and the Blade from, from AEW. There's a lot of Butchers in wrestling. It's a lot of Butchers in wrestling. <laughs> I've done well, a, lot a lot of Candlestick Makers. I've done a lot of Butchers. That, that's, that's a bit, that's rough. Like, uh, yeah. that man was ruthless. He was ruthless. I, th I think I could do it. Yeah? No, I don't think I could do I it. See it. I can make candles, though. Yeah. Fair. Sure I could. I'm more into, can I just put in an order? If, if Will's getting that anklet for the camel, <laughs> yeah. uh, can I get a, can I go one of these candles that you've been talking about? 100%. Into it. Into Lavender it. and patchouli. <laughs> Holiday season's going to be lit, <laughs> quite literally, with candles. Hey, I'll, I'm, I'll bake poppy seed muffins. <laughs> yeah. Good for everyone. Um, but back into the meat. Uh, this is like, well. There you go. The butcher will give us some uh, some meat today, uh, and that is um. It's a it's a big, it's a big weekend of film and TV coming up. Am I right, dude? There is a lot going on, but I think this is a story that's been years in the making because 
You know, I, I think especially with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially since they moved to Disney Plus and we have a TV show every month, there's something Marvel happening all the time, mm. which is great if you're a Marvel fan, but conversely, it, it makes things feel less like an event. Sure. Because there's just no wait time. It's just, okay, last week I finished She-Hulk and now I'm watching this next movie. But in this case, the next movie is Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Black Panther 2, which is a much bigger story because of the situation that created the conditions for this movie. Sure. The fact that Chadwick Boseman, who played T'Challa, the Black Panther, died um, while they were still early days of making the second film. Sure, and after the massive success of the first one. Yeah, massive, like, cultural changing effect. Mm. It's probably the Marvel film that had the most effect outside of just being a Marvel person. Mm -hmm. It became a symbol of, of so much. It became a symbol of, you know, um, you know black culture. Um, it became a symbol of, I, I think, even, like, being the first film to show in Saudi Arabia sure. um, mm. on the big screen, I think, had like we had a, a movie about a young kingdom's decision to open itself up to the world in a kingdom that uses that movie to open itself up to the world. Sure. So I, I think that movie came at you know in a hundred different interesting ways. But Chadwick Boseman was such a great center for that. I don't think he was just another actor. He seemed to have this great, you know, dignity and poise to him that just made him a hero to so many different people. Not just because he's, you know, the Black Panther, but just because he's just a person that people want to root for. He, I think, suffered in silence for a long, long time um, because of his cancer diagnosis that he did not share with anyone, really. He just continued making the movies. He continued putting himself out there, living his life, taking care of his family. And then one day he was gone, and people really didn't know how to deal with it. And Marvel didn't know about this and didn't have a plan. And so the question was, do you recast him? Do you not? And Ryan Coogler, um, the director who also you know did Fruitvale Station, who did Creed, mm. um, you know, great, great um, young filmmaker, had the choice of, okay, no, he needs to pass away as this film starts. Off camera is how it ends up happening, because I've seen it as well. And this needs to basically be about the kingdom finding its way without him. All these characters, what do they do? What, how do they move forward? Um, so the story of what happened in real life becomes the story of the film. And that makes it, I, I think, a very you know, emotional watch, especially when you're knowing that you know, the people themselves are missing. Their, their characters are missing this guy, but they are missing him too. Sure. So it all hits in a very real way that you don't usually get with you know, a, a movie in which the, uh, the B-plot is the fact that you know, the king of the sea has come to, you know, ha have war with them. That's not something you can really be as emotionally invested in as much as, you know, missing this guy that we know is gone and nothing will ever be able to replace. You can all relate to the king of the sea coming to declare war on us. He's got little cool, um, like, wings Rap on his people. feet and he can fly. Webbed, webbed. Uh, are, are legit? Yeah, legit, he can fly with his little feet. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> they, they actually do do something interesting with him. They, they basically change it to he's an indigenous... Um, um, person from South America and the Mexico, uh, Central America, who all of those, you know, the the ancient peoples all moved to the sea and then they've come back. So it it, it does have like an interesting cultural angle mm -hmm. that I think makes it something that's beyond, that makes it fit within Black Panther. But at the same time, the real story here is the fact that this is without Chadwick Boseman. Does and it work? Does, does like Black Panther work without Black Panther? I mean, I think the loss of him is really felt. And I think nothing can ever be as good without him. Mm. But I don't, I, I think if you, I don't think they tried. You know, I don't think like, not that they didn't try to make a good movie, but I don't think they were really trying to fill that void. They wanted you to feel that void. Mm. And yes, you do feel that void watching it. I don't think, I think obviously it probably would have been a better movie with him, but this is life. You know, you lose people and you do have to, to move on. And I do think that, you know, people like Letitia Wright, for example, really did step up to the center here who plays his younger sister sure well that was my next question who kind of steps into the void there who who is yeah who feels that kind of lead character energy and and, and mm. where's the burden of it you know I, I think everyone you know does step up to a degree but it does feel like the emotional heart of this film falls on Letitia mm. to to really step in and take that mantle and become the new center of this when she was you know this genius younger sister named Shuri who you know loved her brother but was a bit of an iconoclast herself who didn't really like this whole world and now has to become the center of it. And I, I think that's the story of the film, but that's also the story of this actor. And you know, when I spoke to her, I had to ask her, you know, what were the conversations like 
with Chadwick in her mind as she took on this role and had to go through this process. And honestly, like her answer is like one of the few times in an interview that I've genuinely teared up. Mm. Do you have a clip? Yes. Let's hear it. Obviously, I don't think you'll take credit for it because this is obviously an incredibly talented ensemble cast. But so much of the emotional heart falls on you for this film. You were given so much heavy lifting and you knocked it out of the park. But honestly, I, I guess a lot of times for actors, you kind of have to draw from maybe a very far away experience and not draw from literally missing the person that your character is missing in a lot uh-huh. of ways. So I just wanted to ask, I mean, I'm sorry if this is too private of a question, but what were the conversations like with Chadwick in your mind as you took on this character and took on the, the role throughout the filming? Oh man, that's a brilliant question. Yeah, it was a it was a constant Yeah, it was a constant back and forth of you know, presenting some of my feelings about <laughs> the magnitude of what's you know, Shuri's journey without him and just um just being sensitive to what he would what he would say in those moments you know being sensitive to memories of those connections of you know him holding my hands you know he 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 had a fine way of of speaking without words um he had a huge habit of of holding my hands and putting it on his heart um or or kissing my forehead and that just allowed me to be at ease so i would always just try to remember those moments on top of his positive words you know there is um, some beautiful words that he, he he wrote to me in a card on our rap rap day of of Black Panther one, and and within it he says that he's proud of the woman that I am becoming. So when I'm when I'm on set, when I'm working as hard as I can, and when you know I have days when I really miss my brother, and this scene is requiring me to talk about him, and it's bringing up crazy emotions. I just I just hold on to those words. I hold on to those memories. And I hold on to that, especially for Shuri, that as we transition through the film and we see this woman, this young girl become a woman before our eyes, I remember what Chadwick said um, and I apply it to her as much as I apply it to myself, which is he's proud of the woman that I'm becoming. And I'm sure he, I'm sure T'Challa is proud of the woman that Shuri is becoming. Uh, so, wow, that's, um, that was pretty incredible. Yeah, generally I was speechless after that. Yeah. yeah, this is yeah because of the the real life emotions of this. I do think that there's going to be a lot of wet eyes in the cinema. And I will say, for people that are going to go check it out this weekend, stay for the mid credit scene because that is probably the most emotional I was throughout the filming. But there's nothing after that, <laughs> so you can go home. Don't worry, there's nothing after the credits. <laughs> what? That's the whole thing now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the like whole just, credit. Yeah, I mean, that's Marvel have built their stuff on just being like, yeah, but you need to see who the best boy is. That is that what our debate's yeah, about? Yeah. <laughs> Find out who yeah, the right? caterer is, and cool. then you get the best bit of the show. Cool. I'm, I'm cool just for all lands being represented. Root, basically, just. I just don't like when it's, you know, look at it's our new friend Flippity Flop. It's much cooler when they do something like this. So, Fair. points for the Black Panther mid credit scene. When's right. the Flippity Flop movie coming out? <laughs> <laughs> Harry Styles is Flippity Flop. We need you. But, mate. Flippity flop trilogy. Yeah, it's in the it's in the extended expanded universe. universe. Um, awesome, man. And then uh, on the, the there's another big launch on the uh, on the TV side of things with our with our boys Netflix. Am I right? There is um, the Crown is back for season five. Um, the series about the the Windsor family and the, yeah. <laughs> and I think there's been some updates recently in that regard. So. I mean, it's going to be a whole. It's going to be a whole thing. Like, I, I wonder how much viewership has gone. I've, I've rewatched it since the death of Her Majesty yeah, Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, because I noticed it was like in the top ten in the UK at least. Like when when that happened, sure. like it popped back into the top ten. And what's which? What period does this season cover? So that's the interesting thing. This is going to be, and it is already, I think, because of the critical response to it, the most controversial season so far. Mm. Because basically, what we've been watching is stuff that we never saw. Intimately. We don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we're seeing the young her, and it's like, oh, cool, this is a person who I know who she became, but this is how she became that person. Mm-hmm. It's a great, you know, prequel, I think, to the, the news version of it. <laughs> but now we're into the news version of now it. Now we're into the 90s. This is what we know. This now is the 90s. we remember all this stuff. Well, yeah. This is the very public dissolution of a marriage um, mm. between the now king and Princess Diana. And I, I think because that's such an era in which everyone has an opinion already. Mm. Sure. 
no one's going to see their version on that screen. Sure. You know what I mean? So it makes this kind of the impossible season. Sure. But at the same time, I think you do have, you know, great people coming in. Because obviously, the, the cast is constantly cycling. You know, sure, you don't sure, just sure. put Claire Foy in makeup. And so um, now the Queen is being played by... Imelda Staunton. Imelda Staunton. And um, Prince Philip is being played by Jonathan Price. We know from Brazil, you know, Game of Thrones. Sure, um, sure, sure. What have you. Like, he's just the High Sparrow, I think. The High Sparrow. Great, great role. Um, but I think I love Jonathan Price. He's, he's fantastic. He's great stage screen. He's just great presence, as is Imelda Staunton, who people might know most famously as Dolores Umbridge from, from Harry Potter. But I, I think they take on these roles with the dignity in which they are deserved. And I think as well you have um, – crap, what's his name? The guy from The Wire. McNulty? Yeah. Mm. What's his name? Love me some McNulty. He's playing um, Charles – Yes, yeah, he did in the last one, am I right? Or no, No. maybe I'm just, maybe I'm thinking back to when they announced the casting news. Mm. Dominic West. Yes, Dominic That's West, the there one. we go. So Dominic West um, taking on, it's the, the most flattering casting I've ever seen in my life. Imagine, <laughs> this is like someone just being like, they called him up, they're like, who's the hottest guy you want to play you? <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris Hemsworth would play me. Literally, yeah, yeah, there you I, go. I don't worry about it. We'll have that discussion this weekend when I, I see it. We'll put in a word. Um, but I, I think Can you, I just want the podcast I want the video version of this podcast to so be Chris Liam, <laughs> Luke and Chris just three Hemsworth playing us three I'm in a Done. but yeah I think they were also having to deal with the fact that this you know, quite literally the characters they're playing passed away as they're playing them sure. and you know I spoke to, to, to Jonathan and Imelda because you know Philip passed away and then Queen Elizabeth II passed away you know just a year later and I think both of them had an interesting experience, not only in dealing with that passing, but then having to come back to set and be that person again. And I think especially Imelda really had to to process that in a personal way, but then kind of process that in a Queen Elizabeth way. And that's how she kind of found uh, or refound um, the truth of that role. Yeah, well, I think you wrote a very beautiful piece for it on Esquire. Um, and uh, I think the it was a very catching headline, and the, the, the headline was... Um, you know, the day after the funeral. Mm. Um, really, I think in in a sentence, really contextualizing the the reality of that. Um, you know, and and the I don't want to say burden, but the weight of that role all of a sudden becomes even more significant when you're literally in when the nation and the world is paying homage to someone who died the day before that you're back at work. Yeah, I can not imagine the. The pressures of that but i i think they they dealt with it with a plum because they are absolutely you know just the proest of pros sure um so that will be uh available on netflix so that, uh, yeah. and that's this weekend that is to the today so today the november the 9th, 8th, 9th november the 9th so we do actually record and upload this on the same day i'm just not very yeah. good at dates <laughs> <laughs> you can't fool me audience you can't fool me cool um so we'd like to end the, the show with uh, a segment called Strong Opinions Loosely Held. I've got one for you this week. Um, it came to my attention. My partner mentioned it the other day where I really like the use of the thumbs up emoji. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. See, you're shaking your head here, Will, because this is what I'm saying. So, And then I was told, literally, I use it like constantly, all the time, sign of acknowledgement, sign of like, yeah, cool, all good, I love it, me and my daughter, we're always giving each other thumbs up, all the stuff, and then all of a sudden I was been made aware that apparently the thumbs up emoji is now a bad sign, it's like a sign of sarcasm, of like, uh, well, it's, it's basically the opposite of what it was, what I always believe it was created to be. Now, I'm very against this. I don't know why, but for some reason that just pushed me too far, it really triggered me, and I was that was my whole moment of like, why are like and then I read something yesterday about the the literally the smiley face emoji and people are like, Yeah, that doesn't mean happy anymore. It's more like I'm dead inside or <laughs> like I'm just smiling like to like uh just to humor what you're saying. To be fair, I don't any- like what you guys are doing to me right now. So <laughs> so I'm pretty convinced that there's nothing wrong with the thumbs up emoji here. Convince me otherwise. I do think that it's like putting up two fingers away. Um, on your on your hand instead. It does feel like that. It feels like people use it in a passive aggressive way when they don't want to say what they really think. And I think this is probably a trickling down of like email culture. Okay. You know, the nicer you are in an email, the more you are actually telling someone off. <laughs> and so smiley face and thumbs up become the texting version of I hope you're well and 
As per my last email. Yeah. yeah. Fine. <laughs> Just following up. To be fair, every emoji I use is to signal that I'm dead inside. So that's, you know. <laughs> yes. But I, was, I saw another thing, which is that apparently like the thumbs up, the smiley, the fire, like all of these say that you're a boomer or something. Or like they, like they signal that you're, you know, elder millennial. Oh, I'm like, nice. I'm like, come on. Like these are literally my top 10 used <laughs> <laughs> emojis. Like now I need to feel... I need to find like cooler emojis to use. Like I, mean, I heard that there's a the red hearts are now a bad thing. It's got to be colored hearts. I always use a black heart, but that's also just nice. How your soul, yeah, inside. That's just soul. Yeah. dead inside, and your spirit, your your spirit animal is a pirate. Yeah, I do it. end up thinking a lot about which heart I'm going to use. They do have different. There's this great like old meme about this guy who was melting down because a woman sent him a blue heart, and he just had a paragraph: "Blue heart means you don't love me. Blue heart means this isn't real." Like, <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I'm sending the blue heart, I'm I'm telling someone that I don't actually love them. So here's the thing. Thumbs up, right? My daughter's six. Teaching her the thumbs up. Not teaching her. She knows it. We give each other a little thumbs up if she's, you know, if I drop her off from school and just give her a thumbs up before I leave. Um, now, is this bad? Will it be like it comes around again by the time she's like 16 in 10 years? Like everyone be like, no, nah, no, the thumbs up is cool again because it was cool. Then it was, I was going to swear, but, you know, and then now it's negative and then it's going to be cool again. So... Am I just basically future-proofing her, or am I just now teaching her basically the, the, to stick two fingers up at people, and, and, and uh, it's, bad at, it's bad for people her age? It's, I mean, I, honestly, I do think eventually... Like, I was watching um, Crazy Stupid Love last night with Steve Carell. Sure. And literally, a key, Classic. Pl- a key plot point of that movie is the fact that he's wearing New Balances, and that's the lamest thing in the world. And so Ryan Gosling takes the New Balances off his feet and throws them dramatically into the crowd. And I'm watching this while wearing New Balances, mm-hmm. which are now like kind of the coolest shoe. We have in a piece culture. on this in the magazine. <laughs> yeah, not? yeah, absolutely. Can't, can't remember which edition. There's too many editions. We write about them. New Balance a lot, to be fair, yeah. but it's not necessarily a bad thing. But uh, but that's the exact case point. You you know, I think the thumbs up is like one of those things. Like if you do it with a smirk, you know, then obviously you're. It comes you're from. Being, is this come from like the in betweeners? Is this like is that, friends? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. friends. Like, yeah, football like, friends. Yeah. Sorry, I, I jumped Or like if you just, you know, d- give a thumbs up, like with a straight face, then it's a thumbs up. And if you give a straight uh, thumbs up, this is going to be great for a podcast where people can't see my face now. Mm. But like with a, like, you know, like a, a sneering kind a of sneering grin. grin, then obviously you don't really mean thumbs up. But then that can be applied to anything. Look, yeah. I'm pretty sure I messaged, I, I WhatsApped you like this week or earlier today, yeah. Nazari, and you, you said something and I just put a little thumbs yeah. up like, I just, I think you were like, did you book the podcast room? And I was like, yeah, thumbs, thumbs up. up. It wasn't meant to be like a, yeah, you know what? You, you can go do one. You like, know the one. <laughs> <laughs> the one I'm preferring is the so the thumb, not the standalone thumbs up. The thumbs up on the message mm. on WhatsApp. Right. That one feels less aggressive somehow. Fine. Well, like, but it makes it a big thumb. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Small thumb. So I don't know where I stand on this, guys, because I'm still like I'm lo- I'm still like this thumbs up, but I don't want to be like a social pariah and be like outcasted because of the uh, my my. I don't want to say boomer ways. I'm not that old, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got you got your boomer ways, which is okay. I think we all do in some ways. Uh, me and my like old black and white movies, what I'm watching every single night. Um, we can embrace that. Uh, and crazy, crazy, that's, stupid love. Me and my dead yeah. soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I do think that, like, yeah, should we try to be cooler? No, you end up just looking lamer. Yeah, just kind of embrace who you are. We need to, you know. I, I think the the best way to do it is to kind of firewall yourself from constantly being told that what you do is old <laughs> because the opposite, the alternative is to then act like you're not. And it just, you end up just feeling like someone who's constantly trying to be a part of pop culture, which just, it always reminds me of like John Wayne Gacy. Apparently people, <laughs> oh, wow. know, right? I'm going in a weird place, but like famous serial killer, John Wayne Gacy, people would write him letters Love a lot. thumbs up. <laughs> people would write him letters a lot and he would always like write letters back to them, like constantly trying to be Hip. as up on pop culture as possible. Uh, He'd be like, I watched the new episode of like, what's up young blood? <laughs> <laughs> Literally like this is like, you'd be like, why is John Wayne Gacy saying this to me? And he's just so desperate to be cool. And so I don't know for me, if you're constantly trying to look for the new cool emoji, just remind me of, you know, John Wayne Gacy sitting in prison, just <laughs> feeling like he's, like has time is passing him by. Strong. We don't do polos here. So again, John Gacy, evil. <laughs> Elon yeah, Musk, yeah. Basically, if Elon Musk is throwing up emojis, you just get the hell out of that. I my th- so Elon Musk is a good example actually of this because like I my biggest fear has always been to be like out of touch with pop cu- like with what's happening with the culture, but then my other biggest fear is trying really hard to keep up with the culture, 
So I'm like, okay, I just want to know what's going on, but I don't want to participate. It's like, I want to know what the latest like TikTok trend is, mm. but there's no way I'm participating in that TikTok trend because that's going to look so sad and weird. Sure. So I just want to know what it is and move on. Yeah, literally, uh, that's, why we, that's why us three work for Esquire, right? Seriously. Yeah. My, my problem is like, I will absorb language very easily. Sure. And, but it ends up then sounding like I'm trying. You know, like I said this to a friend recently, like, because everyone says like, she ate that, for example, if she's like wearing an outfit well, for example. Really? Sure, I said this to a friend. Say, I don't know this. <laughs> yeah, and I was, they were just like, never say that in my presence again. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Okay, yeah. deleting that, uh, consciously deleted from brain. I always used to have this thing where it was like, I would say a thing sarcastically and it'd be like, well, I'd be like, yeah, that's dope. Specifically trying to sound older. older. <laughs> like, like an old person trying to be sound old person, like kind of like satirically. But then I, it used to say it so much that it would become like, yeah, that's dope. And then I'd be like, ah, oh, now I'm just saying it. Um, and so, and then I try to explain it. Never try to explain it once yeah, you do it. Yeah, so yeah. what you shouldn't do is jump on a podcast and then try to explain it to an even wider audience. So uh, yeah, uh, on, that note, on that note, yeah. <laughs> yeah, enjoy our midlife crisis as we all <laughs> grapple with the terrors of aging. Yeah. Well, I literally turned forty on Saturday, so Ooh, good <laughs> that's good time for this. that's uh, no know. emojis for you. No emojis cake, for me. No cake emoji. <laughs> Done. No yeah. emojis. Well, uh, this has been the edit, the edit therapy edition. Um, <laughs> Uh, hope you can come back next week to hear more of our life's problems. But uh, but also, thank you guys. Uh, I want to get your plugs in before we uh, we jump off. Mm, okay. So follow us on social media. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Is that what the kids say? Sure, sure, sure. Well, at, uh, My- you mentioned this weekend at PopCon, you're, mm. you're interviewing people. Can people oh, buy tickets and stuff? They can buy tickets. So we'll be at PopCon probably. Sure. Um, as far as we know. Friday and Saturday. Should be hosting some panels. Hopefully, the Kit Harrington, Millie Alcock, and Chris Hemsworth show up. That cool. should be a fun time. So, see you down at Expo City, the first big you know conference being held there. So it's gonna be really fun to see that space transform and see mm. all these you know costumed people show up and make these things the fun thing that they are. Because really, at the end of the day, I'm off you know doing my celebrity thing on stage. But the most fun thing about these is that you have like Cosplay. kids who are so excited to like be their true selves and right. meet people who are like-minded when they don't have a chance to otherwise so i i love these things just for that and the vibe in the middle east is always tremendous so i'm excited to have another one and the obscure final fantasy 13 co- uh, dress-up references <laughs> that'll be me yeah on straight stage into straight into it uh now that big final fantasy 7 sword and <laughs> then get kicked out immediately <laughs> uh where can people find you on social dude at nazriatala pretty much everywhere on twitter on let's, twitter let's do twitter this week <laughs> on twitter yeah, at WH Malali, four L's on Instagram. Like, <laughs> literally. That's yeah. how you say it. That's the actual pronunciation. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm at Mr. Pika on all social media. You can hit us up on Esquire ME and Esquire Middle East. Uh, you know, you'll find out which one is which. Just search. Uh, and uh, EsquireME.com for all your news between now and the next version of the edit. Thank you guys for showing up. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Peace. We'll see you. See you tomorrow. See you. See, see you guys later. And well, I'll see you, in like see you guys 10 next, week. Later. See <laughs> next week. That'll be dope. <laughs> <laughs> dope. Uh.